the diamond, I realized The Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. holding here a sandal, a size 4 sandal. Uh, it's very glamorous. The base is um, snakeskin. I suppose it's fake. Very exotic. So this is a very a very fancy looking sandal. It's uh, obviously a woman's sandal, very Greek looking, Roman looking. You can imagine sort of Cleopatra strutting around, giving people orders. I'd wear these. They're, they're classy. These shoes belong to Victoria Milligan. This is her story. My name's Victoria Milligan and I'm a personal trainer. I've been a personal trainer for seven years. I started after I had my fourth child and even since my accident and my amputation, um, I've managed to carry on teaching and training people. And I always think it's quite good because if I can do an exercise, um, then my client feels that they have to as well because I'm there with my metal leg. I was involved in a tragic boat accident on May the 5th, 2013. We had a holiday home down in Cornwall and we went out for a beautiful Sunday, Maybank holiday day on our powerboat that we had down there that we'd done hundreds of times. And that day, unfortunately, fate meant that we were all thrown out of the boat with the boat circling us at very high speed and hitting us one by one. Um, my husband died, and also my eight-year-old daughter was killed as well. Kit and I were trying to swim towards the shore to get away from the boat, um, but unfortunately it caught our legs. My left leg was amputated, and Kit's leg was miraculously saved, but after about 20 operations, he had one more nerve attached, apparently, when he got to the hospital than I did, so my foot was sort of dead and mangled, and his foot was still pink, so they managed to save it, which is incredible. We still go down to Cornwall because Nick and Emily are buried down there. They're buried at the local church. And it's an amazing place to go and sit and be with them. And it's lovely because lots of our friends still go down there as well. So we always find... Nick always used to play with a yellow golf ball. So we find a yellow golf ball from one of his friends or message written on it. Or a friend of Emily's has kind of left her a little accessorised bracelet that she loved. A little postcard and a little plastic wrapper. So it's a lovely sort of destination to go and just sit and be and hang out with them. very far down the list of losses compared to Nick and Emily. It was just kind of something I had to get on with. I think if it had happened on its own, God, it would have been the end of my world. I do need a different leg for everything, so my shoes have had to be sort of slightly wiped out of my cupboard. I now have a leg cupboard, which my children find very amusing. And I might change my leg twice, three times a day, depending on what I'm doing. Anything from a sort of high-heeled leg to my skiing leg. Every leg helps me get back part of my life that I felt like I'd lost. Um, Kit's leg is is amazing. At his school sports day, so two years ago, my friend um, Bex pushed him in a wheelchair down his sort of reception race, the biggest cheer of the day. And then last year and this year, he ran it on his own. Last year, he had a massive great metal cage around his leg. And this year, he had nothing. He came last, but got the biggest cheer out of the whole school. Being a widow is 
it's just not as much fun as being with someone else. It's heartbreaking because you've lost your husband, but life is more boring when you're on your own. It just boils down to that fact. It's much more fun sharing your life with somebody else. When he used to come home from work, we'd sit down, have a glass of wine together and talk about the day. Whereas now I sit down with Kit, who's seven. We quite often eat together at sort of six. And, you know, no offence to him, but it's not as scintillating a conversation as it was with Nico, bless him. Um, so we'll sit down and have some fish fingers and um, do some Lego you know, he's my little mate, you know, he knows he's the man of the house now and he worries about me if I'm not feeling great or if I'm crying. And But I'm very open with my grief and I think it's very important to be open with your grief so they know it's normal and it's not taboo and that it's fine to cry and, and you should be crying because it is sad. In fact, today I'm giving this interview on Emily's birthday. So that's very sad because she should be 11 today. And so after this, we're all going to go up to St Paul's which we did last year, and we lit a candle for her and sort of stood in this sort of immense, incredible church and feeling like we had to do something immense because she was so immense. So that's what we'll do and sort of light a candle for her because she was a shining light and it sort of felt like the right thing to do last year and we're going to sort of replicate that and do that again and walk along the South Bank and it's a beautiful day and we'll just miss my little girl. Sorry. <laughs> Our year now is littered with very difficult days um, from the anniversary of the accident to obviously Emily's birthday and Nico's birthday, Christmas. You need to be brave enough to face the pain. Don't delay it because it's horrendous and it's you know, you'll reach the depths of pain that you never thought you could go to. I was so terrified of my grief at the beginning, thinking, I just can't do it. I'm not strong enough, I'm not brave enough, I don't want to do it. But then you do start to face it, sort of little by little, you let a little bit of the pain in, the emotion in, and you go right down and you spend the whole day crying, but then you stop and that your body pulls the pain away and lets you sort of walk in the shallows for a little bit. I always sort of describe it as walking in deep water and then coming up to the shallows for a little bit. You're always in it, but it will be deeper and shallower at different, at different times. There's a lot of finding out who your real friends are. My sort of core five that sort of became the core five. I'm not sure if I would have called them all my best friends before the accident. I knew I was incredibly close to them, but they all just completely stepped up to the mark. One was amazing with the children and sort of came to the hospital with me and cheered Kit up. Another one is incredibly organised, so sort of write a schedule of this is what Victoria needs. Another one was a great cook, so she brought me around amazing food. She was almost like his sort of entertainer. Help me organise my office and do the bills and send off death certificate after death certificate trying to change names on, you know, gas bills and electricity bills and what have There's you. a huge amount of admin that goes along with death. You know, reading over and over again death certificate and reading your husband's name or your daughter's name and underneath it, cause of death, place of death, date of death, is a bit like a, a stab in the heart every time you read it. So it's just not something that you want to be doing. At that time, you want to sort of be 
enveloped in 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 love and support and and blanket and you sort of don't need that sort of emotional drain on on your resources so many people don't know what to say when someone's going through loss or tragedy or illness or cancer what used to really annoy me sort of very early on is when people would just say thinking of you or th- we're thinking of you all the time obviously you're not thinking about me all the time because you're living your lives and doing your thing and actually that's not helping me knowing that you're thinking about me it's pitying me which I don't want actually because pity doesn't get me anywhere what is much more helpful is saying what can I do I'm going to take around a lasagna for dinner actually do you know what would be really helpful Victoria is if I popped around and took her dogs out for a walk because she's not going to be able to do that because she's in a wheelchair without even asking me just do it even just deciding what I need because my mind is so full of grief and emotion that I might not know what's helpful couldn't actually believe that life was carrying on. I remember looking at the clock in the corner and thinking, how is that still ticking? How is the sun still setting and rising when they're not here? It just seemed so bizarre that time was still carrying on. It's just such small steps that you've got to to, to go through and just give yourself tiny little goals. Get to lunchtime. That afternoon. The next week. I gave myself little sort of hooks. You can get to there. Right, I'll get to Easter. That's all I'll do. I'll just get to Easter. And of course, because Kit had about 20 different operations to save his leg, it was just every goal was the next operation. And I almost just remember thinking, right, I'll just get Kit's leg saved. And then I can just sort of collapse in my own sort of little grief coma and collapse in my bedroom and I don't have to get up ever again but I'll just get his leg saved and then he'll be all right but of course then you don't collapse and you do carry on and then I look back and I found that I have carried on you know I'd never say that we're gonna move on I don't like that that phrase at all because I'm never gonna move on from Nick and Emily they were such a massive part of my life but I feel like I'm moving on with them we're taking them with us you know, it is still very early days, and I, as I, I hate it when people say that, but I know it is. It's only two years in, you know, and I have no idea what the future holds. But a lot of people have no idea what the future holds, you know? So it is learning about living in the now. I think we can all do with learning with living in the now and not always striving for what we're going to achieve in five years, ten years, twenty years' time. It's um, what we have right at this moment and, and enjoy it and don't take it for granted. Victoria's story was produced by Robbie McInnes. Her shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile in My Shoes exhibition. The shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we're going next.